This is Blue Zoo Reptile with Exoterra. Here's your host, Frank Reese. Welcome to Blue Zoo Reptile with Exoterra. Appreciate everybody hanging with us. You know, you can listen to us on SoundCloudPodcasts.com, iTunes, BlueZooReptile.com, and also BlueZooNetworks.com. As we do every week, we bring you the movers and shakers of the industry. We're going to take a really quick break. When we come back, we will be joined by Ryan from the Newport Aquarium. This is Blue Zoo Reptile. Exoterra reptile products make your reptiles feel at home. Exoterra understands that specific species need specific environments. That's why we produce a variety of offerings for desert, tropical, and aquatic species of reptiles and amphibians to flourish. In fact, we have traveled the globe to research and understand these very needs. From the mountains of Uganda to the island of Madagascar to the jungles of Honduras, Exoterra products are researched in the wild. Visit www.exo-terra.com to learn more about our products and our research expeditions. Welcome back to the show. Ryan Dumas from the Newport Aquarium is our guest. Ryan, how you doing, bud? I'm good. How are you today? Excellent. For those who don't know where Newport Aquarium is, shame on you. It's in Kentucky, just on the other side of the Ohio River from Cincinnati. Did I get that right? You did. Good. Um, <laughs> Ryan has been a guest before on the show. And Ryan, give everybody the background of what you do at Newport. Uh, basically, I'm, uh, I'm a herpetologist here, and I manage um, most of our collection of reptiles and amphibians, uh, which ranges from some venomous snakes to gila monsters, uh, crocodilians, and a lot of other things that we have here. I also have a heavy hand in taking care of a lot of uh, fish as well. So I'm kind of well-rounded, but... I've been in the business for about 10 years, so I have a lot of experience with this stuff, and I'm an avid hobbyist at home as well. So that's going to work out well for us, because what I want to talk about is you kind of wear both hats, and that's perfect, because a lot of people go to an aquarium, national aquarium, a public aquarium. They'll go to some of the reptile shows, and I'd like to know what that you have at Newport Aquarium reptile-wise that people are potentially able to keep in their home as maybe a new hobbyist looking to get into the hobby itself? Uh, on exhibit, not a whole terribly lot. Uh, we try to, uh, personally, if I have a hand in selecting some of our exhibit animals, we look for animals that are either fairly rare or part of a species survival plan. We have a number of reptiles that belong to those, which is a, a AZA generated program to help keep the genetic diversity uh, within animals that are rare or endangered or things like that. But we do have an, actually an outreach uh, collection uh, of program animals that we take out on the floor here all the time. And a number of those animals actually make really good um, first time or not even first time pets for people to bring home. Things like blue tongue skinks, uh, bearded dragons, Kenyan sand boas, things like that. There's a lot of good opportunities to start that way. But for me, you know, I would get inspired by some of the big animals, like a Boland's python that I had seen at a zoo when I was younger, and eventually knew one day I was going to want to get that Boland's python. Now, I don't have one yet because those things are really expensive, but uh, eventually I'll work my way there. But I think a lot of what zoos and aquariums can do is inspire people to take action and start looking into reptiles. And, you know, you build your way up to a, 
a rarer or more difficult to to keep animal. So let's talk um, maybe newbies, people that are you know doing their due diligence and they're going to maybe a show. I, I guess the show would be a very important thing to do. At least go there or go to a National Public Aquarium so you can talk to some people and see some different varieties. First off, I guess the most important part is you're going to have to figure out what you like because reptiles is a really big category, isn't it? It's a huge category. That's for sure. And sometimes you need to, um, along the way, you work with different things that you think you like, and then you work with them, and you're like, wow, these are a pain in the neck. I need to switch to another type of animal. Um, and, you know, I've done that throughout the years, and I've ended up realizing that I love uh, pythons in the Morelia genus, and that's where I mainly keep a lot of carpet pythons. So it takes time to do that. When it comes to the reptiles, and, you know, we get many emails from parents, and they're, they don't necessarily use this word, but I'll use it, the footprint. You know, how much space? Because a lot of times you see that, you know, the reptile industry and the way it's been marketed and products like Exoterra makes some phenomenal, you know, habitat for the reptiles. So you don't necessarily need a lot of room, but is there a rule of thumb, like if you're going to have a, a snake versus an iguana about space that is needed? I don't necessarily have a rule of thumb. Uh, generally, lizards do need more space uh, than a lot of snakes, but that's depending on the lizard and depending on the snake. You know, something like a, a green tree python may not need nearly as much room as if you're going to keep, like, say, a blue racer or a black racer or something that's a lot more active. Um, I think that what you really need to learn is observations. Like, you need to be a, a student of the snake. You need to be able to study that animal, notice its behaviors, and adjust your husbandry and space that's allowed for it accordingly. If you see a snake that's always moving around and never seems to be happy, you may have temperatures wrong, or you may not have enough space, so you may need to increase it. Whereas some animals, <clears throat> snakes and lizards, if you give them too big of a cage, they can feel insecure, uh, and they won't thrive as well. But you know, I don't really, I know, it's a bad answer. It's as vague as I can make it. No, no, it's uh, good. It, 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 and, and I guess there is no set way other than doing some due diligence looking into it. One of the things that I always was blown away by going to aquariums or zoos was just the sheer landscape, aquascape, the habitat that they made look so surreal with the animals. And I guess today, with like Exoterra, making such great landscape, aquascape, products you could almost make something that looks like it's it's like a mini zoo can't you with the habitat oh absolutely and i do love those cages you're talking about the front opening exoterra tanks that you have we use a number of those as well and uh, i tell you what is an exciting part of reptile herpetoculture and that we utilize in some exhibits here are bioactive substrates those things are just incredible to help break down animal waste they keep an active healthy uh, ecosystem for your animals to live in. They break down shed skins, um, and that's something that is that helps enhance keeping a naturalistic in a terrarium. I mean, so with those types of tanks, it makes it really easy to do that and add all those different components that necess that hasn't necessarily been a part of herpetoculture for you know years before. You know, when you uh, when you guys are laying out design for maybe say a new display at Newport Aquarium. How much of a, a give and take is there between, you know, your whole group? Because obviously some have certain ideas about other things. Does does the person with the most experience and uh, tenure there get their way? 
Uh, sometimes, you know, I like to think I get my way a lot, but, you know, I'm not the boss, so it doesn't always work out that way. But when you're designing a new exhibit in a facility like this, as opposed to your own home, there's a lot more to consider. There's cost to consider. There's, you know, what might be good for the animal. You need to make sure the animal's going to be uh, visible and it's going to be a good display as well as be healthy for the animal, uh, which at home, you know, sometimes in my exhibits, I call them exhibits, I guess, but uh, and I'm not worried if I see the animal. I just want to make sure it's happy and looks nice in there. But here there's usually anywhere from 10 to 20 people looking at a new exhibit if it's a substantial exhibit. Uh, so it just takes a long time and a lot of planning, and there's a lot of voices in there um, all the time. So it, it gets very, it can be very difficult. It takes a long time, uh, but you, it, it always works out well. Uh, something the animal is always, at least I know here in the previous places that I've worked, the animal's health and welfare are always the first priority. And then if we can work around that, that's what we try to do: make it, sure it's a good exhibit. Is there any behind the scenes like? trading or bartering or borrowing of animals between uh, zoos and or aquariums? Because I'm sure at some point you have something on display that maybe you think, you know, at some point the display might have been up for a certain length of time that you want to change. Would you ever be open to letting somebody else borrow the animal for the time being? Uh, borrowing an animal between AZA facilities? Yep. Or, yeah, I think that happens quite a bit. Um Animals are we are AZA accredited institution, so that opens us up to uh, having animals on loan, loaning animals out, or receiving animals with other AZA accredited institutions, and that's important for a number of reasons. Uh, sometimes we, may, we, as we're building a new exhibit, we may uh, need a, a new home for some of our older animals, uh, as well as some of these SSP programs, the species survival plans. Um, every year, they make new recommendations on what animals should be housed together to hopefully produce offspring, and institutions that are part of that need to be open to receiving animals from another institution so that they can contribute. Do, do you guys at all, or the curators at all, take trips to uh, you know, Madagascar, places like that, to see just exactly the habitat that the creatures that you're getting have been living in? You know, we try to. Um, it doesn't always work out for every exhibit, but uh, a lot of times we try to at least get a a good idea of what we're looking to build. Whenever we're building an exhibit, we, at a very, very minimum, uh, have live shots of the area that we're trying to mimic and go towards that. Um, but ideally, we'd like to go there, but it doesn't always work out. Money's limited, and uh, we can't always send someone to Madagascar or Cuba or... Although, I mean, I'm first. I got my hand up. I'm ready to go when they need me to. <laughs> you know, there's an old saying that the shoemaker has holes in his shoes, um, because he's so busy fixing everybody else's shoes. Do you have any reptiles at home since you see pretty much everything you want every day at your job? Yeah, I have a, I have a, a nice number of snakes at home that I, that I enjoy going home to. Some people might say, well, you spend all day feeding and taking care of reptiles, and then you go home and you have to do it again. Man, this isn't work for me. This is, it's a passion. It's a, it's a hobby. It's, a, it's a, almost a way of life. I love working with these things. So when I go home, I'm excited that it's feeding day at my house. I'm excited to clean them up and give them clean, clean cages. It's, it's never a bother. I love it, All, every, every aspect of it. All right, I'm, I'm going to play your agent for a minute. And when, when you're in contract negotiations next time, don't say that out loud to them, all right? 
Oh, thank you. That's good <laughs> advice. Yeah, they, they, you make it almost like you're just slugging through life, man. You're barely hanging on. Maybe they'll throw you a bone or something. <laughs> That's a good idea. i, I got to temper my enthusiasm. So for people that are coming to visit the Newport Aquarium, which is in Kentucky, right on the other side, south of Cincinnati, what kind of exhibits can they see on the reptile side that you would you would actually like to highlight and promote to people? Well, we have a lot of things to see. One of our biggest reptiles and biggest exhibit is Mighty Mike. He's a 14-foot, 800-pound alligator that uh, was rescued from the wild and down in Florida, and he's here on uh, permanent exhibit. You can come down and see him. He's massive. You can see him underwater. You can see him above water. You can see him eat on Wednesdays. We have albino alligators that are also really cool. We have yellow tree monitors, which is a species that was described 11 years ago. Um, things like caiman lizards, uh, which are part of an, a species survival program, crocodile tail lizards, mata matas. Uh, we've recently had a lot of success uh, producing some ringed map turtles, which are uh, a vulnerable species where there's less than 30 in other aquariums that we're, we will have on exhibit soon, hopefully. Uh, so there's a lot of cool things to see. Um, and if reptiles isn't the only thing that does it for you, we have uh, mermaids in just a couple of weeks. you got to come down and see the mermaids and scoop of Santa. And this place is full of stuff, man. Yeah, well, I'll come down when Gabula dresses up as Santa and goes in the water. How about that? Oh, we'll make him do it. Good. I'm on board with that. Let's make <laughs> him do that. He is Ryan Dumas from the Newport Aquarium. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. I deeply appreciate it. All the best, and I'd uh, love to have you on again down the road. Thanks for having me on, and anytime. As Ryan Dumas from Newport Aquarium talking a little bit of reptiles. We're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, more with Blue Zoo Reptile. Hikari can help you reduce the odor and water change frequency of your turtle tank. Check out Saki Hikari Turtle, the world's first probiotic-enhanced, daily-use turtle diet food. Hikari, making species-specific diets for decades. Visit us online at HikariUSA.com. Don't forget with Blue Zoo Reptile, you can always check out the show with Exoterra. Go to Exoterra.com. They've got some awesome products. Go to Hagen as well, and you can see some of the, like Ryan was saying from the Newport Aquarium, some awesome front-loaded you know, cages and display habitat for the reptiles. Unbelievable. We'll be back again with Blue Zoo Reptile, another exciting show. Uh, email us if you have a guest that you'd like to hear or somebody you'd like to hear talk about reptiles. This is Blue Zoo Reptile with Exoterra. See you.